We've been given dominion on this earth by God. And for too long, we have allowed the enemy to, to steal what's rightfully ours and to take land and territory from us. And God is saying to you, you know, you have been given, uh, like in Isaiah 61, 21, they will possess their land forever. You know, we can't carry our, um, your, your property or your land, you know, your acreage. You can't carry that with you to heaven. But what you can carry is the legacy of the land that you conquered for God and the land that you, that you ruled, uh, you know, with dominion and authority and, and take back what the enemy has stolen from you and from your family. And uh, I would plant them there, he said, with my own hands. God has planted you on this earth here for such a time as this. He has put a mandate on your life that nobody else can accomplish. But you know, the devil has tied us up with problems, with family problems and issues in various parts of our lives, work or, 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 or you know, our past, our trauma, emotions, things like that. And he has tied people up almost like, you know, and kidnapped them and, and held them captive from what God has created and purposed for us to do. And it's time to realize that Jesus came to set the captives free. That's what Isaiah 61 goes on to say. Um, but God said, I will plant you by my own hands. He has put you here. Say, I have been put here for such a time as this. Fulfill your purposes, Father, for my life. I give you my heart. I give you my life. And I ask you to do something with me for the glory and the honor of your name. In Jesus' name. Amen. And that's what he said here. I will plant them there with my own hands in order to bring myself glory. So God has planted you. He's put you here for such a time as this. And, you know, the greatest lie you can believe is that, oh, I'm, I'm too small, I'm too weak, I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm too whatever. No, that's not, you know, thing he, said, he goes on to say, the smallest family will become a thousand people and the tiniest group will become a mighty nation. God has plans for expansion for you and for me, for all of us. He wants us to open our, our eyes and our hearts to see things the way he sees them. And if we start looking and seeing things the way God sees them, we will never fear. We will never hold back. We will never allow the enemy to trip us up or to hinder us. Because, you know, that's why he said, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. The smallest family will become a thousand people. The tiniest group will become a mighty nation. At the right time, I, the Lord, will make this happen. And you see, there's God's timing in everything. And for, for people who have been through a lot of difficulties and a lot of, of hard times and hard things, it can feel like it's never going to end. But you know, God's timing is perfect and he is never late. And that's why he, he went on here in Isaiah 61 to talk uh, about the Messiah. And he says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. For the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released. Say, captives will be released. Captives will be released. Okay, and now say, if I can mean it. Captives will be released. <laughs> they will be released. The brokenhearted will be healed. 
it. Yeah, they will. And prisoners will be set free. And prisoners will be set free. So if there's people in your family, or if there's been situations in your life, or in your household, or in your whatever, where there has been things held captive, and or people held captive, or people being held back, or held prisoner, the captives will be set free because of the spirit of the sovereign Lord. In Jesus' name. Uh, so, you know, Holy Spirit, we ask you today to really bring this word uh, and, and bring revelation to us in the name of Jesus. He has sent me to tell those who mourn, people who are in, in, in mourning and grieving, grieving for what was lost, grieving for whatever happened in the past, grieving for people who have gone. He said, he has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies. You see, it is the enemy who has caused you to mourn. It is the enemy who has caused those things to happen that, that brought grief, that brought trauma, that brought heartache and brokenheartedness. It is the devil who has caused that. And, you know, the Lord will deal with your enemies. And he's asking you, he said in Psalm 23, I have laid a table before you in the presence of your enemies. He wants you to eat from his table, even with your enemies watching and do it. You know, there are things that he's calling you to do. There are things that the Lord is calling you to do. And you know it. And, and he's saying to you, you know, even though fear and, and maybe different things, circumstances, financial things have held you back. But he's telling you, do it anyway. Do it afraid. I think that's a great teaching by Joyce Meyer, um, if you've ever heard it. Um, it's called Do It Afraid. I think she wrote a book or something about it as well. You know, that sometimes people say, I can't do this because I'm afraid. And, and the Lord gave her that word one time, well, do it afraid. You know, because sometimes we do things and our hands are, are shaking. Um, something I, I did there... Uh, this week actually, and, and I have to say, I was actually trembling and shaking doing it. Um, but anyway, I, I just trusted God, and you know, the Lord really, oh God, he broke something off me. Anyway, praise the Lord for that. Um, to all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes. So for the, the um, will you read that there, sorry, Louise? What yes. Say, sorry. Um, Isaiah 61, verse would say it. Yeah. Um, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Isaiah 61 verse 3, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Amen. And that they may yeah. be called the trees of righteousness yes. and the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified yes and what will they do and they shall rebuild the old ruins they shall raise up the former desolations and they shall repair the ruined cities the desolations of many generations strangers shall stand and feed your flocks and the sons of the foreigner shall be your your plowmen and your vine dressers you shall be named priests of the Lord they shall call you the servants of our God. You shall eat the riches of Gentiles, and in their glory you shall boast. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honour, and instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land they shall possess double, 
everlasting joy shall be theirs. Amen. 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 Thank you, Louise. So, you know, everlasting joy shall be yours. You shall possess double. See, I will possess double. I will possess double. Every bit of trouble that I have been through. All shame and dishonor. I declare it broken today by the blood of Jesus Christ. And no longer will I shame or be guilty or be dishonored. Because you said, Lord, whoever puts their trust in you will never be put to shame. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, you know, he's given the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness and the oil of joy instead of mourning. So we do need to exchange these things. We do need to bring that heaviness to the Lord. We do need to bring that mourning and that grief. And, you know, how do you do that? Get a notebook or get out alone somewhere in the car or out in the middle of your, your field or your garden or wherever and sit down and talk to the Lord and pour out your heart about those things. Pour it out in writing if you, if you prefer writing. Some people prefer talking, some people prefer writing. <coughs> Write it out. The, the things that have caused heartache, the things that have caused grief. Because I guarantee you, when you start dealing with the issues that have been burdening inside of your heart and on your life, the things that have affected you physically, in your physical body, or affected your family, they will start to break off as you start dealing with those issues. And, and that is the truth. That's why he said, you know, the cross is a place of exchange, but you must exchange you must exchange there. You must give him those, those things that are not of God. You know, you must give them to the Lord and allow him to give you. And so sometimes that means, you know, that we feel like, you know, sighing or, 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 or you know, feeling hopeless to go down into the bed, covering your head with the duvet and just saying, just let it all be over. And, and the Lord is saying, start worshiping me. When you, he, he'll give you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So there's this exchange. You need to say, Lord, here's the heaviness. Take it from me. And instead, I choose to start praising you and start singing a song. Start singing whatever the Lord puts into your heart. Even if you can't sing or you hate your, you know, singing, start humming, start whistling. Put on something on, uh, you know, on your YouTube or whatever, some worship song. And, and just let it play and, and allow the presence of God to come and take away that, that heaviness and, and renounce it and break off every agreement with it. This is very important as well. Uh, you know, that we break the agreements we've made because oftentimes with the stupid things we've said, you know, out of our own mouths, we have actually created a framework of our world and we need to break and renounce those negative words that we've spoken uh, you know this is hopeless this is never going to change I'm a loser I you know and, and I, I'm speaking from my own experience here it's something that I battle with a lot you know it is it, a, a real spirit of hopelessness or of, of, of you know all of what's gone on or whatever you just sometimes and, and, and it is a battle and that's the sacrifice that's the only sacrifice the Lord is asking you to make that you choose to praise him in the midst of difficult circumstances and he will bring the breakthrough we leave the enemy to him 
We renounce and break every covenant and bind up the enemy and refuse to take the devil's bait, whatever it is he's trying to get you to take, whether it's fear or offense or bitterness or, or hopelessness or rejection or sadness or grief or whatever. Refuse to take it and say, no, that's not my portion because the Lord has given me the, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness and the oil of joy. Lord, it's your joy that I need and joy comes from your presence. And your presence comes when I praise you because you said that you, you inhabit the praises of your people. God inhabits the praises of his people. And you know, I've spoken that to you before. I heard Bill Johnson say something really profound uh, one time there when he says, well, if God inhabits the praises of his people, what or who inhabits when I'm complaining and, 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 and being angry and mouthing off and bitter? Who is inhabiting me then? And, you know, that's something to think about. That who are we elevating and who are we exalting? And, Lord, help us to always just exalt you and no one else. Help us to come in under the influence of only your spirit and not any unclean spirit, any spirit of division, any spirit of offense, any spirit of, of, of whatever, strife, scoffing, you know. And isn't it interesting here, in their righteousness... He says, they will be like great oaks. Say, he's talking about me. He's talking about me. He's talking about me. No, no, not me. You. Say it again. He's talking about me. Okay, like you believe it. He's talking about me. I am an oak of righteousness. I am a tree. Planted by God. Oh, they'll say she's gone totally off her head today now, she said. But isn't it interesting, you know, when Jesus healed that blind man and the blind man came to him and, and, and Jesus said, what do you see? And he, see, he said, I see men like trees. Isn't that really interesting? Praise the Lord. Um, okay, I wrote a few notes because this is what I heard during the week from the Lord. I was in a, out for a walk and... Some days, you know, because your muscles will be like sore and I always forget to stretch and you know, it's so important to do those, those stretches or whatever in the mornings. And, um, there's actually a lady that I see in the park where I walk. She, she, she looks like a, an older lady. I'm not sure now of her age, would she be in her 60s, 70s? I don't know, 80s maybe. And she spends a, about a half an hour every morning that I'm walking around, she's stretching. She goes way, way down into a really quite private place in the park and she's, you know, doing her, her stretches like this and she's as fit looking. And I uh, was walking around and I realised the backs of my legs were aching so I looked for a tree. I always look for a tree because I have found in the past when I'd done it at the car, which I did once, and the car went... <coughs> And, you know, the, there was a dent <laughs> where I pushed it. So I was like saying, oh, God, I better never again do that. Another few times I've done it up against a fence that I thought looked really strong and solid. And the fence moved. And I was going, oh, God, I hope no one saw me and walk away then. Because <laughs> the fence is now tilted slightly. And uh, so I learned a lesson that I, I do the stretch against trees. And that way... And it loosens out my legs. And I found the tree anyway, uh, 
I was walking along close to the road, did the stretching. And I heard as the Lord speaking to me. I just heard this in my spirit. Trees don't move. Trees don't move. Say that. Trees don't move. Trees don't move. I, all week long, uh, that's all I've heard. Trees don't move. Do trees move? No, they don't. They bend. They sway. Uh, they don't move. And this is what I heard him say. Fences will totter and fall down. But we are oaks of righteousness. And the oak is the greatest and the mightiest of the trees. Because the oak can grow. There's oaks below and muckers that are there since like a few hundred years. And they're, they're getting bigger and wider and stronger as the years go on. And they're utterly beautiful. And they, they give off shade all summer. They give off uh, acorns and, and fruit in the winter for the, in the autumn for the, the little animals. And then in, in the deep winter, they're like just things of, of, of sculpture and beauty to admire. And then in the spring, they start budding again. And um, so what I heard was, be immovable. As we are rooted and grounded in his love and faithfulness, we will be able to stand firm just like the trees because trees don't move. Now, from time to time, you'll see where a tree falls down or branches fall. And you know, that's because of the environment and because of something that has affected that tree. So let's have a look at 1 Chronicles 16. Are you glad you're here today? Amen. Thanks God. Lord, you said where two or three of us would gather in your name, that you are here in the midst of us. Praise you for your faithfulness, Lord. Great is your faithfulness. Uh, 1 Chronicles 16. God bless you. 33. Also, before I forget, um, please don't forget, I already said you'd keep um, uh, January 14th in your diary, but also uh, next Thursday week, the 27th of October, Jean Watson is here that night at 7.30. Um, I really recommend you come and even bring people who, you know, have never been to church, bring them. Uh, they will really be blessed by her ministry. She plays the violin and she sings like an angel. And she, she ministers to people. She's, she's very prophetic. Um, she, she prays with people. She's very gentle. Um, a really, really uh, godly, uh, wonderful woman. So we're really, we're, we're honoured, deeply honoured that she's coming here for one night only. Um, the 27th of October, Thursday night week. So, um, good, I didn't forget that. In uh, 1 Chronicles 16 and verse 33. Well, we could read it from um, 31. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Tell all the nations, the Lord reigns. Let the sea and everything in it shout and praise. Let the fields and their crops burst out with joy. Let the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. The trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Cry out, save us, O God, of our salvation. 
Gather and rescue us from among the nations so we can thank your holy name and rejoice and praise you. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who lives from everlasting to everlasting. And all the people shouted, Amen, and praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord. Can you look at Jeremiah chapter 17? Let's see this in the word of God. Thank you, Father. Jeremiah 17. fresh manna and it's living water it's what Jesus it's what Jesus came to give he is the living water and you know he, he cried out in the temple one time and he said if any of you thirst come to me and I will give you drink a drink of living water he said it to the woman at the well you know if you knew who was speaking to you you'd ask me for water and I would give you living water and you will never thirst again so Lord, we thank you for this living water you've given us today in Jesus' name. Yeah. Okay, so in Jeremiah 17, if you're there, uh, verse 5, this is what the Lord says, Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength, and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert and in the wastelands, with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness where no one lives, in an uninhabited, salty land. No one wants to live there. No one wants to live in a place, a, a, a salty land. I love salt, but I would not like to live in a salty land because there's no fresh water there. There's no life there. Anywhere where there's fresh water, there's life. And, um, you know... Um, People are being stunted by the enemy and they're living in, in wasteland, desolate type places all because, uh, you know, they've been looking to man instead of looking to God. Uh, blessed are those, in verse 7, who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and their confidence. They are like trees planted along the riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who knows really how bad it is? But I, the Lord, search all hearts and I examine the secret motives of the mind. I give all people their due rewards according to what their conduct and actions deserve. But, you know, the trees planted along the riverbank, their roots reach deep down into that water and they're not bothered by the heat or by the drought. Trees have roots and they, their roots grow and grow and search deep, deep down into the bowels of the earth, looking for and tapping into a water supply for moisture and nourishment. And the tree trunk grows strong because of that. 
It's like a, it's just some, I've just, oh, that's okay, oh, perfect, no matter. I'll just check this here anyway to make sure it's okay. Um, they're still on, okay, yeah. Um, our, our body, you know, God says there that you would be like a tree planted by rivers of living water. Um, in Psalm 1 it says it as well actually let's read Psalm 1 just to get the word in first of all uh, Psalm 1 by the riverbank. Um, in Psalm 92 as well, I'm nearly sure, is that, First is that a break? Thank you. Psalm 92. Let's look at that. Say it again. I'm a tree. I'm a tree. I am a tree. I am a tree. And trees don't move. Psalm actually, Psalm 92. Um, would we read it together? Please, everybody, one second, I'm going to just get the version that sounds like this. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness by night, with an instrument of ten strings and a harp, with solemn sound of the lyre. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your works, and the works of your hands I joyfully sing. How great are your works, O Lord! Your thoughts are very deep. A senseless man knows nothing, nor does a self-righteous fool understand this, that though the wicked sprout up like grass, and all evildoers flourish, they will be destroyed forever. But you, Lord, are on high forever. For behold, your enemies, O Lord, behold, your enemies will perish, and all who do evil will be scattered. But my horn you have exalted like that of a wild ox. I am anointed with fresh oil. My eye has looked on my foes. My ears hear of the evildoers who rise up against me. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar in Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still thrive and bear fruit and prosper in old age. 
they will flourish and be vital and fresh. They, are, uh, they will declare that the Lord is upright and faithful to his promises. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Amen. So you see there, the righteous. And again, the righteous is not someone who is self-righteous by their own good works or their own niceness or goodness. We are made righteous by only one thing, and that is by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so the righteous, you can say this with me, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus because of your blood, I have been made righteous, and I will flourish like the palm tree. I am planted in your house, O God. I will flourish in the courts of my God. I will still thrive and bear fruit and prosper even in old age. I will flourish and be vital and fresh. I will be a living memorial to declare that you are upright and faithful. You are my rock. And there is no unrighteousness in you. In Jesus' name. Amen. That's how you take the word of God then. You know, God is speaking to you through his word. He's speaking to you every day. And, and you know, like me, during the week when I heard that, trees don't move. And I started to read again the scriptures about what God says about the trees in the word of God. Um, you know, in Daniel, um, Nebuchadnezzar, the the king in, in Babylon, he had this dream. And he, he in the dream, he, he, um, nobody could you know, tell him, all of his wise men and astrologers and all those who were practicing witchcraft in his court because you know, they, they worshipped false gods. And so none of them could tell the dream, but Daniel could. But one thing he saw in the dream, and I'll read it for you, and... Um, it's in Daniel chapter 4, I think. So Daniel is... Yeah, 4. Thanks. Oh yeah, one night I had a dream. That's right. Daniel 4, 5, is, that's where Nebuchadnezzar said, One night I had a dream that frightened me. I saw visions that terrified me as I lay on my bed. And remember, the Lord does speak to us through dreams and visions. Now, you know, if, if you're being harassed by nightmares, that's the enemy. Because the enemy tries to visit people in their sleep as well. But you know, very often the Lord will give people uh, warnings. Uh, Job, in Job 36, I think it says, you know, the Lord speaks to us in the night in dreams and visions. He reveals things to us. And so that's what he did here with Nebuchadnezzar. Now, I'm not really going to go into the dream, but one thing I wanted to show you was uh, where he said, uh, I dreamed, I saw a large tree. Nine, uh, what's that, 10, is it? While I was in, lying in my bed, this is what I dreamed. I saw a large tree in the middle of the earth. The tree grew very tall and strong, reaching high into the heavens for all the world to see. It had fresh green leaves, and it was loaded with fruit for all to eat. Wild animals also lived in its shade, and birds nested in its branches. All the world was fed from this tree. 
And then as I lay there dreaming, I saw a messenger, a holy one, coming down from heaven and he shouted, cut down the tree and lop off its branches, shake its leaves and scatter its fruit. Chase the wild animals from its shade and the birds from its branches, but leave the stump and the root in the ground, bound with a band of iron and bronze and surrounded by tender grass. So he saw this horrifying dream. It really horrified him and he could not make head or tail of it. And so it was Daniel who came along and gave him the interpretation of the dream. But what I want to draw your attention to was that it was actually he dreamed about himself. And what he saw himself was, was he was uh, a large tree, growing strong, reaching into heaven, fresh green leaves loaded with fruit, animals able to shelter and shade under its, uh, you know, under its branches. And that's what we are like. But the thing is, is that Nebuchadnezzar was being mourned by God because he was worshipping himself, he was worshipping false gods, he was involved in all kinds of occultic practices and demonic things. And, um, you know, uh, it, it actually opened the door for a demon to, to enter him. And you, you can go on to read it there yourself. It was, you know, a demon of kind of madness that entered his that entered him, but God delivered him and set him free. But he did warn him in advance, you know, to, to make things right with God. And um, praise God. Nebuchadnezzar saw himself as a tree. And you see, um, like I said earlier, when Jesus healed that man, the man, as his eyes uh, were healed, what he saw was men walking like trees. And actually, Jesus prayed with him again then, and his sight was totally restored, which lets you know that, that we do need to persevere in prayer. Even the Lord, you know, um, uh, even the Lord himself had to pray a second time. I, I laugh when I hear that word, even the Lord himself, because that's what my father used to say. Even the Lord himself had a drink. <laughs> <laughs> Even the Lord himself had a drink. And he go to the wedding in Cana and he made the wine. Uh, so, but uh, even the Lord himself, you know, uh, he, when he prayed with this man, the man, the man still had like a film or something covering his eyes because he just saw a sort of outline of people, but he saw the people like trees. But I believe that the Lord did that in order to, to let us see that as I said, we are like trees. This is what God, he, he uses this analogy and this symbol. So perhaps if you had a dream about trees, it may not be that you're dreaming that someday you're going to be a tree surgeon. It could be something about your life, you know? And um, the tree has, has a trunk, and that trunk is, I'll just tell you what it is, the trunk of the tree is responsible for the materials, uh, the transport and the support the materials transport and support. Uh, the tree trunk has to lengthen and expand as the tree grows in its search for moisture and sunlight. And the tree trunk is responsible for rigidity, for limb support, for supporting those branches, and for root to leaf, nutrient and moisture transport. And you see, our body, uh, when that man said, I see men walking like trees, I see men as trees, our bodies, uh, you know, we have our central core area, uh, as it's called, our core muscles. 
And our core is responsible uh, for keeping our physical body strong and keeping our life strong. So, you know, this is why people do exercise. Um, our body's strength comes from the core, and the core actually means the central part of um, an, a person's existence or their character. And that's why, you know, oftentimes as you get to know people um, through circumstances and you get to see what their character is really like, that's what they're really like at the core, you know, and, and it, who they really are. And properly building up your core, it cranks up your power. A strong core enhances your balance and stability. Isn't that interesting? Because the tree, you know, it supports the limbs of the, of the branches and it keeps the tree strong and standing. And it's the same with us, that our core keeps us strong and keeps us balanced and stable. Well, our core strength not only comes physically as we do exercise, but as we strengthen ourselves in the knowledge of God and in, in hearing his voice and in filling ourselves up spiritually. You see, this is what's wrong, is that many people are totally empty. You know, when the fuel gauge goes down and it's going down near the red and you're saying, where's their nearest petrol station? If you're, if you're on a road, you know, a long road, and you know you've just passed the last petrol station, and suddenly the light comes up, uh, and that little bell telling you to refuel, you're starting to say, where am I going to go? All people who are driving electric cars now, they're very conscious of this, because, you know, where are they going to plug in and charge up? And uh, as we spend time understanding who we are in Christ, and that we are righteous oaks, that we have been planted, that the Lord wants us to be rooted and grounded, that our roots go down deep in his love. That's what Colossians says. Let's read it in Colossians chapter 3. This is where our life force comes from and where our life and our strength and uh, our wisdom and our, you know, uh, breakthrough, uh, all these uh, things that God has stored up for us, this is where they come from. What we're rooted in and what we're grounded on. Just like those trees. And, uh, you know, storms can come. And, and there are many trees that are even below muckers that have been through hundreds of years of storm after storm after storm. And they're still standing and they're still strong. There are trees that are in... Uh, you know, places where there's been severe drought and yet they're still producing, uh, you know, strong fruit and strong leaves because they're tapped into an underground uh, source. They're not worried about the fact there's no rain. They're not worried about the rivers and the streams uh, running out or, or drying up because their water supply, their nutrients and their moisture is coming from somewhere way below the ground that cannot be seen. And this is what, coming to church, spending time with the Lord, writing out the scriptures, writing out what you believe the Lord is speaking to you, what that does is it's strengthening your core and almost like you pulling into the petrol station and sticking that, uh, you know, uh, hose into your, uh, your fuel tank and filling up. And so in, in Colossians chapter, it is Colossians 3, isn't it? After I sing it now. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. I think it's Ephesians 3. Sorry about that. My, my apologies. Ephesians 3. 
Ephesians 3. And verse 14. When I think of all of this, Ephesians 3.14, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Say, my roots will keep me strong. My roots will keep me strong. So your roots need to go down into his love. So that means allowing the Lord to love you. And, and you say, well, I've never experienced his love. Listen, Jesus said to the disciples who saw him, he said, you know, you've seen me, but blessed are they who believe without having seen and there are things, that's what faith is. Faith kicks in. It's the evidence of things not seen. And so for us to have any kind of a relationship with God, we must believe and make a decision to, to receive his love. Believe that he loves you and make a decision. I don't care what, uh, what thoughts I've been having or what the enemy's been saying or what circumstances are going on. I am going to believe the truth of God's word, that his word is true and that he does not lie. He said he loves me and I ask you, Lord, to, to help me to walk in that love. God loves me. Will you say that with me? God loves me. His love will never change. He loves me. I am his beloved. He has accepted me. He has good plans for me. And he wants to use me to bring his love that I have experienced everywhere I go. Lord Jesus, help me. Amen. That's the truth. You need his help because you need his help to get your brain and your mind washed out from all the trash that you've heard in the past. Because what we have done is we have equated man's love and the way man loves to how God loves. And that is totally untrue because God's love is unconditional. And he loves you and he wants you to understand it and to walk in it and to receive it. And it is in that place of being rooted in his love that the joy will come. It is in that place of walking in his love that you will see breakthrough because there will be nothing impossible to you. Jesus said there is nothing impossible for those who believe. Nothing impossible. There will be no mountain you cannot climb. And just to finish in, in Ephesians, while you're there, Ephesians chapter 6. Thank you for your patience. Remember, his eye is on the sparrow. His, his eye was on that little bird and had me to be here to rescue that little bird as a, as a sign and a proof that God is interested in the smallest detail of your life. From what you want to put on in the morning to going to out for the day, where to go, uh, you know, where to park, uh, places he wants to bring you, where he wants to bless you by, by bringing you great bargains or, or, or wonderful experiences where you will actually tangibly feel his pleasure and his love upon you. And in Ephesians 6 it says, 
The final word in verse um, 10. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Say, I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I will put on all of God's armor so I will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the enemy. For I am not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. But I am not afraid. Because I put on every piece of God's armor so that I will be able to stand and resist the enemy in the evil day. And then after the battle, I will be standing firm. I stand my ground, putting on the buckle of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. I am right with God because of the blood of Jesus. My shoes are the gospel of peace. I bring peace everywhere I go. And I have the shield of faith surrounding me to stop all the fiery darts of the enemy. I have my helmet of salvation on my head, protecting my mind. And what's the other one? <laughs> the sword of the spirit, with which I use to take down the enemy. Take down the enemy. The word of God. In Jesus' name. You know what it said there? Put on the buckle of truth. One second, I'll put my. Keeps falling down, so I had to put on a belt today. But the thing is, what does the belt do? It holds you up and it holds you in. And it, 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 it's, it's what really strengthens your core, is that belt. That's why body um, weightlifters, you know, the, the, the guys who lift those huge, and women who lift those huge weights, they put on that, that weightlifter's belt because it supports their back and their core so that their trunk is strong and that they can lift any weight. And that's what you are. You're a spiritual weightlifter. There is no weight that is too big for you to carry when you have the buckle of truth on. The buckle of truth is, you know, God's word is truth. And when you believe that, that his word is true, that he loves you, that he has a good plan for you, that no matter what the circumstances have been like, no matter what the storms, you may be swaying, you may be, you know, you may be bending, but you will not move because trees don't move. Amen? Trees don't move and you're not going to move. You're an unshakable oak of righteousness. And uh, no matter what's going on uh, in the world, God will keep you standing strong. And in Matthew, I think it's Matthew 7, and Jesus said, you know, the one who builds his house on the sand is the foolish builder. And uh, building on the sand means building, you know, man's way. And that's what the Lord spoke to me really about that, you know, that trees don't move. When I was doing those stretches, in the past, when I did the stretches against the car, I dented the bodywork and it had to pop out again. In the past, when 
legs stretched against fences, they moved and split and broke. And uh, because they are man's, the work of man's hands. But when I stretch against a tree, which is the work of God's hands, that tree does not move. And that's who you are. And, and God will have you to be able to stand immovable, no matter what the storm and no matter what the circumstances. And in Matthew 7, that's what he said. Build your house on the rock. Isn't that 7? Or is it 6? Thank you, Louise. 7.24. Anyone who listens to my teachings and follows it is a wise person, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though this rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. Say, I am built on bedrock. I am built on bedrock. My life is built on bedrock. My life is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So you are not uh, someone who's going to uh, who's going to crash with a mighty crash. You are built on the rock and you will not move. You will be immovable. And so I just want to finish with this. In Jesus' name, this is what I heard this morning. You will not be shaken, I declare in the name of Jesus. You might say it with me, Lord, Lord I, thank you I thank you that no matter what happens, no matter what happens I will not be shaken because trees don't move. And I am an oak of righteousness, a tree planted by you who will thrive and prosper and bring forth fruit no matter what the circumstances. I will stand fast. I will not be put to shame. I will not lack. I will finish the race. I will finish strong. Because I am strong in the Lord and in the power of your might. I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer. Oh dear. Back to boot camp. Okay, let's try it again. I am an overcomer. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me in Jesus' name. Amen.